T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Disabled American Veterans. That's an organization at the forefront of the movement to make sure our wounded warriors are properly cared for, whether they were wounded on the battlefield or right here at home. Marine Corps veteran John Kleindienst is their National Voluntary Services Director, and we're going to talk to him about several of DAV's important programs helping out our disabled veterans. John, welcome to the show this morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. And as I mentioned, a veteran of the Marine Corps. So before we talk about the DAV, let's talk about John Kleindine. So where are you from? When did you join? And what did you do while you were in the Corps? Uh, uh, Well, Eric, uh, I'm from Waco, Texas, uh, a little small town in central Texas, right in the heart of the state. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps directly out of high school. Uh, My family is a serving family. Both my grandfathers retired out of the Army. My father's a retired uh, Harris County Sheriff's deputy. And I just felt the need to serve and and get away from home so I can grow up. So I I joined the Marine Corps directly out of high school in uh, June of 1996 and uh, went to Marine Corps boot camp in San Diego, California. That's right. I'm a good old Hollywood Marine. Uh, Very proud of my service. I served till 2003. I was in the infantry. I was assigned to 2nd Battalion, 6th Marines, and 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines, both out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And uh, my very first battalion commander uh, is now the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Dunford. Oh, wow. uh, Who I think is a remarkable uh, uh, Marine, and he's obviously continuing his uh, long long period of service, and uh, just very proud that I served with that man and a very inspirational guy. Uh, currently, my son is serving in the Marine Corps out, in San, uh, out of Camp Pendleton, California. Wow, very cool. So, of course, you served in the Marine Corps starting in 1996. Uh, when did you uh, end your time in the Corps? I got out in uh, October of 2003 is when I uh, finally received my discharge in, uh, uh, from the Marine Corps. And according to your bio through the DAV, that discharge came due to service-connected uh, disabilities. And uh, I imagine that makes the transition period uh, a little bit more different, a little more, more unique, maybe a little bit more difficult. Let's talk about your transition, John, leaving the Marine Corps. And I know for Marines in particular, that's not just a job, that's a lifestyle when you're a Marine. So what was it like, if you can think back to that period of time in 2003, going from John Kleindienst the Marine to John Kleindienst the Civilian? Uh, it was a very scary transition. Uh, all I really knew uh, as far as a job goes from 8 to 5 was the Marine Corps. And uh, I had a young family at the time. I had a son uh, who was little and a daughter who was a newborn or two years old at the time. And I was absolutely petrified, uh, not knowing what I was going to be able to transition into. And fortunately for me, when I went to the VA regional office in Waco, Texas, I went to the DAV office. And a uh, service officer uh, sitting right across from me, who was an Army uh, veteran, um, assisted me through that process and gave me a whole lot of reassurance and said, hey, you know, there's, a, there's opportunities here at DAV. Uh, you know, have you have voc rehab. You can uh, look at going to school with your GI Bill. Um, you know, what what do you want to do? And and basically, I just wanted to help my fellow veterans because, again, I felt that if I couldn't serve my country, if I could help my veterans or other fellow veterans, uh, it it would be very rewarding. So uh, that's the path that I I stumbled into. 
and I'm very happy that I went into the DAV office in Waco, Texas. It was a life-changing event for me. I couldn't imagine my life without DAV today. Uh, so I'm very proud to work for DAV and, and support our organization. You know, we've talked to various people who have been supported and uh, taken advantage of the DAV's services that they offer. When I first got out of the Navy 2011, uh, I really didn't know anything about the DAV. It's not something that you really think about while you're in. Shortly after I got out, I got some mail from the DAV saying, hey, if you need help getting to your VA appointments, we offer that. We offer some other things. Uh, and that's really part of the program that you are so heavily involved in. And that's the first one that I want to talk about, and that is the efforts of your organization, Disabled American Veterans, to ensure that our veterans are able to get to their appointments. Can you tell us a little bit about that program and how it works? Yeah, sure. It's, it's one of our uh, very very powerful programs. We're able to provide free transportation to veterans to and from their medical appointments, provided that they can get in and out of the vehicle with minimal assistance. Back in 1987, when the Department of Veterans Affairs did away with their transportation program, uh, DAV saw, it, uh, it saw that it was a huge need, and then we... we we embraced that program and decided to, to take care of it and start donating vehicles to VAs across the country. And then since, since that date in 1987, uh, we've donated um, nearly 3,300 vehicles to VAs across the country, and we continue to provide uh, you know, over 670,000 rides a year to veterans to and from their appointments. And our drivers have driven more than 20, almost 23 million miles a year uh, back in 2016. So we the men and women who give their time, which is the most precious thing that we have as people, uh, to ensure that our men and women get to their medical appointments is, is phenomenal, and I'm very proud to be the leader of this program and ensure that we continue to promote uh, the transportation network. And I think that's one of the most impressive and perhaps important things about that transportation program. Of course, we're speaking to John Kleindienst. He is the National Voluntary Services Director. So everyone driving those DAV vans that so many people know nowadays, everyone driving them, they're all volunteers, aren't they? That's absolutely correct. And a lot, some of them aren't even veterans. Some of them are civilians that want to give back to the men who, the men and women who served our country. And so they find it in their time, you know, find it in their heart and with and make time to to donate, whether it's one day a month or or one day a week, to ensure that our our veterans get back and forth to their appointments. That's that's what just blows my mind and how how thankful I am for people like them, our volunteers who who give back day in and day out. Now, who are those rides available to? Because I think a lot of veterans look at disabled American veterans and they think like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who, who lost a limb. I'm not, uh, you know, someone who's in, in a wheelchair or anything like that. Maybe that's not for me, but let's get the answer straight from the horse's mouth. Who are the DAV transportation services available to? Our, the, first of all, I'd like to just squash any in, uh, misconception there. Disabled veterans, uh, not all injuries are visible. Uh, we suffer. There's people who suffer from post-traumatic stress, um, uh, as well as migraine headaches, asthma, uh, just orthopedic problems in general. You don't have to have an amputation in order to be a disabled veteran. Uh, you could have any type of medical ailment, which uh, is chronic in nature, therefore, therefore qualifying you as a disabled veteran. So anybody who is receiving health care at the VA who is self-transferring can get into a vehicle with minimal assistance. We can't pick people up with wheelchairs, unfortunately. Uh, but... That those individuals are entitled or should be eligible for a ride to VA medical centers, provided that they have contacted our DAV hospital service coordinators and requested the ride, and they are put on the schedule for the day. They will be picked up and then dropped off. 
So it's a very well orchestrated uh, uh, assignment that these hospital service coordinators are performing. And that's really all that it takes is reaching out to the DAV. And if you're a veteran who has an appointment at the VA and can't drive yourself for some reason, I mean, there, there are a lot of reasons that you might not be able to get yourself to and from your VA appointment. Uh, and it, it's great that the DAV is offering that service out there uh, for our vets. Again, those DAV vans, I used to see them all the time driving around Long Island when I was up there. I lived pretty close to the VA hospital at Northport, and it's it was always a wonderful thing to see. Of course, the voluntary services for the DAV don't end with those rides. There's a lot more that you guys are doing, John. Can you tell us a little bit more about the programs that you're involved in? Yes, uh, I'm very fortunate to be involved in a multitude of programs. We have a, a youth scholarship program where we encourage the youth who, uh, from my understanding today, you know, with both of my kids, one graduated high school, one in high school, are required to volunteer so many hours before they graduate high school. Uh, we do have a, a robust scholarship program uh, where we award um, $75,000 a year in scholarship uh, funds to, to young men and women who are, are volunteering their time in the name of DAV. They're only required to, to volunteer 100 hours before they reach the age of 21 to the in the name of DAV to be eligible for a scholarship. And our top scholarship is awarded at $20,000. And that's for anybody going to a major university, a community college, a vocational school where they're learning a trade. Um, that's just one of our programs. Then I also oversee the, uh, the National Disabled Veterans Winter Sports Clinic, which is an event that's getting ready to come up and take place in April of 2018, where we bring approximately 400 severely injured veterans from across the country and have them participate in adaptive sports, uh, winter sports, downhill skiing, sled hockey, uh, curling, uh, cross-country skiing, so on and so forth, as well as the National Disabled Veterans Tea Tournament, which we recently became co-host of back in February of this year, and we are, are proud to sponsor co-host and co-sponsor both of these events. We're speaking with John Kleindienst. He is the National Voluntary Services Director of Disabled American Veterans. And John, looking at that scholarship program, that's something that, you know, I really like to see as a member of the VFW. I know that organization is involved in uh, in scholarships for the youth and those who are helping out. So how many young people do we have who are helping out with the DAV every year? Uh, it, it ranges, uh, you know, I get a report from VA uh, at the end of their fiscal year, and it looks like we had approximately 6,000 youth volunteers in VAs across the country. That's not the only way you could be eligible for this scholarship, though. We have a DAV's Local Veterans Assistance Program, which allows you to volunteer in the communities and give back in a little bit easier fashion. You know, I am a registered volunteer at the VA, and I know it can be difficult to get in and get the background and the screening process, but we're working to improve that. But we just wanted to let the youth know that there's other ways that they can get out and volunteer. And that's, you know, by mowing somebody's grass, uh, sitting and visiting with a, a visually impaired veteran, maybe reading he or she a book. Or, you know, uh, cleaning out the gutters, raking some leaves. Uh, or running to the grocery store and picking up a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread. Those are all ways that a youth can volunteer for an older veteran in their community or a veteran in their community who needs a little extra assistance. And that's wonderful to see. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there who worry about the coming generations and, and what they believe in, what they're willing to stand up for, whether they appreciate what veterans have done. It certainly seems like there's a number of young people out there who are doing great things for our veterans. Would you say that's the case? I, I couldn't agree more, Eric. I, I am absolutely uh, blown away every year when I see 
the number of youth volunteers who are donating their time to, to veterans in their communities and the stories of their, uh, on their applications for the scholarship are remarkable. And it lets me know that uh, this generation, the newest generation of veterans, veterans like myself, veterans like you, we're in great hands that the, the young men and women who are, are going to school today are seeing our message and are thankful for all the sacrifices that we've made and they are giving back and it just having these programs for them uh, as outlets for them to donate their time is very important and that's why I'm very proud to promote the scholarship program as well as the LVAP program and, and talk about how simple and how easy it is for them to accumulate the 100 hours so they can be eligible for the scholarship. You know, there are a lot of people out there who talk about, oh, the kids today, they're not doing anything. They're not good for anything. I would ask the people who say those things, hey, how many hours did you volunteer for our veterans when you were a young person? Because what you're telling us is that there are thousands of young people around the country out there uh, doing what they can for our veterans. And of course, the DAV doing a ton for our veterans. And we're talking to John Kleindienst. He is their National Voluntary Services Director. And the other item that you mentioned there was the Winter Sports Clinic, which is fantastic. Because as you just said, John, many, if not most, of our wounded warriors, their wounds aren't visible. But we do have those who who sustained significant and serious physical injuries during their time in service. And for them... I can't even imagine going through it, but realizing that life is going to change. And a lot of them that we've talked to when it first happened to them thought, you know, I'm never going to be able to do the things that I loved to do before. This winter sports clinic is pretty much proof that our wounded warriors, those who suffered the most serious injuries, are able to still live not only great and productive lives, because of course they are, but they're able to take part in some really fun stuff. I mean, you mentioned curling. I'm a little biased. I was a curler growing up, believe it or not. But hearing about the great things that they're able to do, I mean, what what's behind that program? Is it really just trying to let them know, like, hey, you're going to continue on living a wonderful life despite the injuries that occurred? You're absolutely correct, Eric. Uh, it's very remarkable to be at this event. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that I, I get to uh, put this on with Teresa Parks, the uh, recreational or the uh, adaptive sports director for the Winter Sports Clinic at the uh, at, in, in Snowmass, Colorado. Um, these people do come in on Monday, or and they are very down. A lot of them are down in the dumps. Not every one of them. I don't want to stereotype them all, but they don't want to really be there. They're almost kind of the forced out of the nest from their rec therapist and their local VA facility. And they're like, all right, man, I can't do any of this, or I don't want to do this. I really don't want to be here. It's cold. And so last year in 2017, we had 353 participants, approximately 550 volunteers. Our oldest participant was 82, youngest was 22. And I, I what I'm getting at is I see a, a a scared look in their face. They're, they're, they're almost very nervous that, that, that they're not going to be able to participate in these events. You know, veterans pre-injury are highly tuned athletes. We could compete with anybody in the professional sports arena. We can run. We can do everything that they can do and do it for longer, better, as far as I'm concerned. When these guys and gals get to this event, um, about Wednesday, they make that turn, and they're already planning for the next year to come. They are so excited. They have this fire lit back into them that they're ready to go back home and accomplish everything that they, they thought they couldn't do before. And for them to make their own little goals, whether it's I need to lose 15 pounds or I want to, you know, my downhill time next year is going to be two minutes faster. Uh, these are all things that they take back home with them to their communities and get active, and they start training, and they begin to train and train. Uh, for the following year, we've had more than a dozen people who have come to this event go on to be Paralympians. So there is no obstacle that we cannot overcome 
and it's 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 great that I have the opportunity to be a part of that, and I get to witness it every year at, in, in Snowmass. That is really incredible, as are so many of the programs that DAV is operating for our disabled veterans, our wounded warriors, and just veterans in general, those who have you know, VA appointments and can't quite get themselves there. The DAV is going to help them if they can. Now, we've been speaking with John Kleindines, who is the National Voluntary Services Director. So, John, a couple of questions that I want to ask you specifically related to the RIDE program. People who are interested in volunteering as drivers, where do they go? And then those who are looking for a ride to the VA. Where do they go to sign up for that? Okay, so uh, people who want to volunteer as drivers, uh, they should go to their local VA facility and ask to speak to the DAV hospital service coordinator or their program manager at that facility and let them know they're interested in volunteering as a driver. Now, they have to pass a physical, they have to have a valid driver's license, and they have to pass a background background screening. Obviously, all three of these are very important. Safety is paramount when we're transporting people to and from medical appointments. If they can pass all three of those, um, they can volunteer as, as once a, you know once every six months, once a month, or once a week, whatever fits their schedule. And that's the biggest uh, misnomer that we have with our volunteers is that they think they have to volunteer every day of the week. That's not the case. So whatever fits your schedule, I'm certain our local hospital service coordinator could find a way to utilize you as a volunteer driver. Again, provided you have a license, it can pass the physical and can pass the background check. If you want to, if you need a ride, all you need to do is reach out to the local hospital and ask to speak to the DAV hospital service coordinator. Let he or she get you on the schedule. You're probably not going to get same day service if you if you need a ride. I mean, there are opportunities and where they can do that, but we do ask that you give pl- plenty of planning time so they can orchestrate you into the the run and get you picked up and get you to your appointment as well as dropped back off. Really wonderful programs involving those transportation services and anyone who's out there and interested in volunteering. I can't think of too many better ways that someone can volunteer their time, especially if they're looking to help out their fellow veterans. And John, as far as the scholarships and the winter sports clinic, where can people who are interested in finding out more about those go to check out those programs? They can log on to www.dav.org. That will get you, uh, you can type scholarship in the search box. It'll bring you in. We currently have the nominations open. So if there's a youth in the community that's volunteered 100 hours in the name of DAV, I encourage them to complete their application so we can get them eligible for the scholarship. Uh, I would like to say that, you know, I see a a low number of of nominations a year. Uh, Last year we received 50. I'd like to see 150 with the number of facilities that we have across the country. Uh, as far as the Winter Sports Clinic, you can log on to www.ndvwsc. That stands for National Disabled Veterans Winter Sports Clinic. org, and we'll uh, it. We're you know we've got a very nice video up there to show you a little bit about what we're doing at the Winter Sports Clinic and some stories uh, that go on to kind of echo what I've said in this interview with you, Eric. That how remarkable the event is and how people feel that they couldn't do it, but they they get all fired up after they're there. Well, we've been speaking with John Kleindienst. He is the National Voluntary Services Director of the Disabled American Veterans. And, John, we want to thank you so much for your service, not only when you were in the Marine Corps, but your service since as a member of that amazing DAV team. And thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. We really appreciate it. Eric, thank you for having me. Thank you for your service, for all your staff service. Uh, It's wonderful uh, for you to give me an opportunity to come on the radio with you today and talk about um, the DAV programs that I have the privilege of overseeing uh, And uh, thank you for encouraging people to volunteer and give back. Have a great day. Well, thank you. You too, man. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.